everyone, welcome back to episode number 13 of the What the Derf Show. I'm Freddie and this is Noemi. And in this episode, we get into Thanksgiving and why we were off for a week. Um, Thanksgiving. So there it is, right there. We also get into some flashbacks of marriages. Well, my marriages, because she hasn't been married before. We get into <laughs> a trip to Monterey and a little some excitement that happened over there. But you know what? Four-day weekend vibes. Four-day weekend vibes, baby. And then, since it's episode number 13, and my mother died on September 13th, I'm dedicating this episode to her. So the last, like, 40 minutes, it gets a little heavy. All right? Yeah. Noemi doesn't say anything. You'll hear her mouth breathe, mouth breathe and sniffle occasionally because she's holding back tears. But it is what it is. We're doing this. We're moving through this. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the subscriptions. Thank you for the donations. Thank you just for listening right now, for hearing our voice. And we're still having fun. A little update. This is the second to last episode of season one. We're going to be off until the beginning of January, taking a break, and then we're going to start with some guests. Wait, this is our last episode? No, the next one's our last episode. Okay. Cool beans? <laughs> you look so confused right now. I'm good. <laughs> the episode starts in three, two, one. 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 <laughs> one. One. Hello, everyone. Before we get started, I do want to mention that there is a way to support the podcast on the Anchor app. If you go to Spotify to the homepage of the What the Derf Show, there is a link and that link takes you to an Anchor page where you can set yourself up with the monthly subscription to our podcast for as low as 99 cents per month. Every little bit helps. It goes to our equipment and to the software that we use to edit the podcast. Thank you so much in advance and enjoy the show. Yeah. Was that like a uh, in with the good, out with the bad? Mm-hmm. All right, sounds good. Are you deflecting me right now? I exhaled you. You exhaled me. What? <laughs> I didn't even do anything. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's me exhaling. Hello and welcome back to the What the Derf Show. This is episode number thirteen. Thirteen. Um, you didn't get us last week because Thanksgiving, and if you missed us, honestly, that touches my heart. But you weren't going to get us. It's Thanksgiving. Eric Nora attacked us a little bit. He did. Our one but listener. This episode, well, it's dedicated to somebody else, but we'll dedicate this first segment to you. You're like an honor, honorable mention. Honorable mention. This episode is dedicated to my mother because it is the 13th episode. This is a creation of Fred and Noemi. And... We are leaving our digital footprint on Spotify. So mm-hmm. if, I, if I get into a crazy, you know, accident tomorrow, you guys got 13 episodes of me. Well, 12 and a half because the 13th one still needs to be published. Stop it. So the point being yeah, that my mom like died that. on the 13th. So episode number 13 of the What the Derf Show is going to be dedicated to Loopy Diaz. Mom. Mama. Lupe. Lupe. Well, okay. It's Lupe. I get it. Yeah. It's Guadalupe. Guadalupe Sanita Cortez. Pero people called her Lupe. Yeah, I think that's a Texan thing. Maybe. She's not from Texas, though. But your family lives over there. My family lives over there. It was cheaper. Check this out. My grandma's one of those. My grandma's one of those um, people that goes, Hijo, you need to buy a house, hijo. 
which I did twice, grandma. Then I got divorced twice, and here we are now. And I go, grandma, when you bought your house in San Jose, it was like, like you just like, I'll give you $5,000, a hug, and a stick of gum. And then now a house in San Jose, the same house that she got for $25,000 is now worth $650,000. Wow. It is legit in the cuts of ESSJ and is nowhere near as nice as a $300,000 house here in Los Banos. Yeah. Crazy stuff. It costs four kidneys, two legs. A partridge and a pear tree. <laughs> like it's like when you sign your lease for a house, a mortgage now, you're signing it for two lifetimes. Just like a convict does two death sentences, that's what you got to do to buy a house nowadays. Oh, BT dubs, no discounts on gas. I don't, okay, 150 listeners at this point. If yeah. anybody works for the oil industry, lower the gas prices. Okay? Cause uh, also... Not everybody that listens lives in California, so they don't know what we're working with. We're working with almost pretty much $5 a gallon. $5 a gallon in Central for Valley. Guess. For the good for, guess. For the good stuff. No, the cheap stuff. The cheap stuff is also expensive. I'm saying if you want the good stuff. In LA, it's even more. And I'm not one to complain because I live 30 seconds away from work. So if I wanted to, I could just go to work, go home, and go to bed. Right. Go to work, go home, watch episodes of New Girl. Reruns. Yeah. I'm I'm in a fourth round of New Girl right now. But I'm just saying, if I want to go into town and get some chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, it's going to cost me. That's about a $40 trip in gas. Nah, not $40. Maybe $12 to $15 there and back. That's a lot to go get some ice cream. Especially when I want want three scoops. (sighs) Moving on. (laughs) Two weeks. Anything crazy, anything awesome happened for you, Noemi? No. No? We, where did you spend Thanksgiving? Oh, yeah. No, I had, I had, I had good times. Um, I spent Thanksgiving at my sister's house. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I was there. Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you spent Thanksgiving with us. I made some mac and cheese. First time making mac and cheese. It was lit. It was pretty lit. And, and I usually look to my picky ones to tell me. If they liked it. Um, and that was my brother-in-law, Jesse. He won't eat just anything. No. And actually, I didn't ask Sergio, my sister Lizzie's husband. Juan Wick. I didn't ask him. He's a chef. He is legit. Oh, darn it. Missed opportunity. I'm going to have to ask him. I don't even know if he had some because there was a lot of food. For, yeah. For, you know. And he was eating twice. Sergio yeah. had a small plate, Juan Wick, because he ate somewhere before. And out of courtesy, yes. he ate again. Right. And I'm like, dude, you don't need to eat. He yeah. got he got a cake that's plate why. full of food. Right. That's why it was the small plate. All right. right. So if you're a cook for Thanksgiving, and the cool thing about Thanksgiving is that it happens on a Thursday, and then if you have a four-day weekend, you get the next three days off to do whatever the heck you want. You recover yeah. on Friday. You comatose. You're constipated. Yeah. You, you do, you're like sitting there, why did I eat the turkey? Every year, I'm like, I'm going to try the turkey this year. Maybe it's going to be good. 34 years of living, about 30, 30 of them are cognitive that I remember. 30 years I eat turkey. 30 years I don't like it. Well, you know what, though? I think it's because you have 364 days to forget 
that you actually don't really like it because I, every year you remember the nostalgia of like being around people that you care about and all the food, all the smells, like the whole day just feels good, you know, festive. Uh, and then you're like, you're like at a, an, on a high, like, yeah. oh yeah, put some turkey on there. And then you're like, oh, that's right. Dude, I don't like turkey. This could be a weird statement, but why does a turkey low-key look attractive? What are you talking about? Like, I don't know why. Like, it just looks thick. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never mind. Moving on. Forget I said that. Forever. You always say something weird in every episode. <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the always, thing is... Always. Never fails. Always says something weird. And then he gets really insecure about it. Go. The thing is with the turkey is that it doesn't taste good, but it looks like it tastes good. Okay. Right. It's the equivalent to a, like a female contouring their face is the bird equivalent. All right. Okay. It means it, it's just, it looks nice. And then you take a bite <laughs> of the turkey. Stop. Let me just stop you there. And it doesn't taste good. Stop it. It's dry. It's got no personality. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Lord. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I don't know what I'm it talking about. It makes sense. I just don't know what road you're going on right now. Okay, moving on. We're Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. We're the Tom Hardy. Okay, moving on. How you tell if you're a cook? Eric, Jamie, either Jamie. If, I, if either of you guys cook. I love Jamie. How you tell if your food is good is you, you take a look at the guys. All right? How guys do it. They get a they get a scoop of everything. They get a sliver. They get of a little stuff. sliver of everything. Yeah. Okay. It looks like the Denny sampler on their plate. Right. Where am I going to put the bread? Put it on top. Mm-hmm. You have no room for the corn. Put it on top of the mashed potatoes. I'm not coming back with a second plate. Okay. So the guys do that. Then a guy gets up and goes to get seconds. A guy gets seconds of the things that tasted good. It's never turkey. Never turkey breast. If you're lucky enough to get a thigh, cool. A turkey yeah. leg feels good on your hand. That's it. Yeah, you know what I do? I only get the, the darker meat. Dark meat. Yeah. So sitting in the juice. Whatever the guy gets twice, that's what tasted good. What did me and Jesse get twice? Mac and cheese. Your mac and cheese. It was fuego. Like it was crazy. Thanks. It had it had all the cheeses in it. Yeah. And then some Did panko bread comes on top. It had two, three different, four different types of cheese. Plus, like you said, what, what was that? The panko crust? Something. Panko was, bread comes or something like that? But it was in bread. It was parm because it was keto. Oh, so it, it was parm. So, so it, was it was even more cheese? Like crunchy parm on top. Yeah. Dude, what? It was what? so good. Yeah. I'm always going to make it like that because it tasted so good. Yeah. Noodles yeah. and cheese. And then the next morning when I showed up at their house, they were. What did I say noodles and cheese for? <laughs> noodles and cheese. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> Go. You, I'm you so can't excited see him because right there's no video. No. But he looked at me when I continued. <laughs> to talk like dude how did you not laugh at that? <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah no i went to their house the next day they were still eating the last bits of it and they were and my nephews were like at gnomes because they call me at gnomes and gnomes it was, it was so bomb it was so bomb we're still eating it and i had a little plate of it oh it was, the next day was, yeah it was really good before you, before you got there i had a plate so Shout out to 
Jesse and Ruth. And to me. For and the, to you. But mainly Jesse and Ruth. <laughs> You've been there for the companionship. Jesse and Ruth, they, they, they took on a rescue. I'm a rescue. I'm a husky at the shelter. Okay? <laughs> oh, that keeps running away. I was abandoned. I keep, kept running away. You know that dog that nobody wants? Oh, that's not you know, true. Divorced Stop twice. It. And Jesse and Ruth were like, we got a big yard. Stop. You got to. It doesn't need to be potty trained. Stop. Come over here for Christmas. That was 2020 Christmas. Come yeah. over for, for Valentine's Day because I knew, they knew I was heartbroken. And I don't know why I started talking like this, but I was heartbroken and got divorced. And then it's just come over here, come over there, come over here. And hey. and then it was Thanksgiving again, so they took on a stray, straight up. In the eyes of uh, you know what happened? An angel. They fed the stray, and the they stray fed the stray, and the stray came back. <laughs> I was really no, a cat. Oh, you're not. I was a stray. calico. Don't say so, that about yourself. I'm I'm filling you in with this. Hey, Fred, why didn't you go with your family? That's Ruth's sister. Well. I don't really have a great non-sad answer for that. Divorced. My mom died. Dad lives in San Jose. Don't have the best relationship there. My grandma lives in Los Banos, the town here. That's the only family that lives here. And I spent uh, the morning with her. We watched the Cowboy game because her favorite football team is the Cowboys. And my brother and my sister, we don't talk. We're all kind of doing our own separate thing. My own logic for that is when my mom died, everybody fended for themselves and we grew apart. We grew kind of detached because everybody mm. had to develop their own sense of healing individually. So it kind of distanced everybody, mm. you know, like, yeah. I, I don't think it's weird. Like it's just, it's just, it is what it is. So I spent Thanksgiving with the people that, that rescued the Husky or Calico. <laughs> the choice is yours. Well, we are happy to have you. But it, it got me thinking, you know, all the banging and clanging and the family and I had like marriage flashbacks, especially when I saw one of the boys doing dishes. I was like, ah, <laughs> ah. the and eye twitch, the, the eye twitch, which has been doing a lot lately. And I just heard, I just heard this. It was like flashbacks and nom. It was crazy. It was just like, if you, if you rack the dishes right, you could fit them all. You know what I'm saying? And in my fit brain, on the rock. you can fit them all on there. There's flashbacks and noms, explosions. And then you're just sitting there just like, well, if I knew how to rack them, then I would do it. But I don't. So better three quarters of them be washed where you might have to rewash the other half of them. You might have to wash, rewash half of the three quarters. So, you know, a third, a little more than a third is washed. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Okay. For a guy, if soap touches it, it's clean. Oh, okay. You're one of those. You wash it, you clean it, you get it up out of the drawer, and there might be a little piece of asparagus oh, still left on it, but you ran it through the washer. What do you do? <laughs> you scratch it off and you eat your, uh, you eat your honey nut Cheerios. You Ew. eat your Count Chocula. <laughs> Yeah. You eat your fruity pebbles. Yeah. I'm just saying. Flashbacks. It was like nom. It was crazy. Explosions. It was just nothing but light. It's like, why do you play video games? It's like, it's the only time I get to hang out with my friends. It's the only time I get to hang out with my friends. It's how I let out my aggression. COVID friendly hangout. Men were violent in the 1700s. And now we wear turtlenecks. And cardigans. <laughs> and cardigans. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I go to war on God. It's like, you pick what's for dinner. It's like, I always pick what's for dinner. But then I say something. I'm not craving it. Say something else. We just went there last week. Say something else. Uh, it doesn't sound good. Then what do you want? I don't know. I'm going to go get a Hot Pocket. <laughs> I'm going to get a Hot Pocket and finish the rest of those stale Hot Cheetos because I don't care what we eat. My stomach is touching my spine. I'll lick a stick of butter. I don't care. I'll lick a stick of butter. <laughs> Take a chunk out of that. Jeez. Just wow. flashback. It's like nom. Yeah. It's crazy, man. It's like a traumatized husky. We're going wow. back to that reference. You just gave me a flashback right now that you said butter. <laughs> what what go that was such a weird thing right now that you said that you would lick a stick of butter because Did someone throw a stick I of butter was... at you and traumatize you for life no 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 i just had a flashback because when i was six years old nobody knows this i always liked to this day i like the way butter looks like the sticks of butter yeah they're sexy and sure so in the middle of the night i went into the kitchen and I wanted to take a bite out of the stick of butter. <laughs> I wanted to so bad because it looks so creamy. It looks like ice cream to me. And I took a bite and it was the greatest thing I've ever done. I never did it again. The greatest thing? Yes. I never did it again. The saltiness, the creaminess. And I remember feeling a little bit sick from it, but I was like, worth it. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> it was, <laughs> hashtags weren't even a thing back then. That reminds me of uh, a company picnic that in... Back in the 90s. Probably like four years ago, I'm chilling there. I take Brandon because the ex was working. Okay. You know. Yeah. And uh, I take Brandon to the the company picnic. And he's three, maybe. Maybe four. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're chilling. I'm eating. I get a plate. I get him a plate. Barbecue. Some hamburgers. You know, like the plain hamburgers. You get the bundle pack of the buns. They kind of look like, you know... They're like great value. They're the wish style of buns. They don't really taste good. Mm -hmm. And the only toppings are onions, lettuce, ketchup, and mustard or whatever. And then the hot dog weenies all with burnt ends because they put one side too close to the, you know, that kind of barbecue. And we're sitting there. And the guy sitting next to me, he goes, hey, bro. Like, what? Do you see your kid? I'm like, what about him? He's eating butter. I go, what? And I sit, I turned to my right. I wasn't looking at him. I just thought he was eating his food. You know, he's quiet. When kid's quiet, you don't say nothing. You let the kid be a kid. You let the kid be quiet. And then you let, you let adult conversations happen. Yeah. As long as he's not, as long as his eyes aren't watery choking, we're good. Yeah. Okay. So I look at him and he's got six open things of butter without the butter inside of him. The butter sticks or butter chips, whatever you want to call them. And he's working on the seventh one. Just eating butter. And I look wow. at him and I go, Brandon, and with butter in his mouth all over his face, what? What are you doing? He just goes, I like butter. <laughs> oh, that's cute. He already ate it. What I am I going like to do? Butter. I was like, he made a decision on his own. He likes what he likes. He I'm made not, an executive decision. He wasn't going to die. And I'm not going to tell him not to eat those saturated fats. If anything, he went into ketosis with all that fat. I'm just throwing that out there. It was no, it was His low carb. His poops must have been nice and smooth for the next 24 hours after. I, I don't think about that. I don't know. Yeah. Moving on. So I go to Thanksgiving at Ruth and Jesse's. 
You know, here comes the stray. Here comes in the eyes of an angel. That's me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm thinking. It's not in the eyes. It's in the arms. But it's whatever. Whatever. Angels have eyes, too. So that's, that lyric makes sense. Okay. I'm not Sarah McLaughlin. I'm Freddie Diaz. <laughs> and I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm single. I promised God a year of singleness. Okay. All right. Yeah. And pretty soon, this horse is going to be released from the gates. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to be running free in a field of corn. That's Central Valley talk. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'm 34 years old. Wh- what are the prospects? Who are the prospects? Small yeah. town. Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, I'm going to either end up with an LVN or a dental hygienist. <laughs> then they're mid-30s with three kids from two different dads. That's what that's me. That's, that's your goal? Unless you go way young and they're like 21, 22. And they're just like, I'm over the drama. I'm over the drama. I need a man. And I just, uh, I need a mature man. I'm not a sugar daddy. Hypothetical 21-year-old. I'm not a sugar daddy. I have the least amount of stuff that I've ever had ever right now. It's crazy. But I'm, actually, I'm also the happiest. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't go for a 20, 21-year-old. That'd be very stupid of me. But seriously, that, like, that, that, why is that? Everybody in their 30s, they, they go through you know, baby daddy number one. And like, I had two kids, didn't work out. Oh my gosh. Then they go to baby dad number three. And it's like, I'm just going to do it on my own. I'm going to pay my own bills with this this salary as a dental hygienist assistant or whatever it is. Which is nothing. That you go to school for like two years just to get the thing <laughs> to suction out. <laughs> You're dumb. To, su- the, the, to suction out the, the little reservoirs that build up in the back of my throat. That are touching like the dangling ding ding right there. Okay. Don't let it build up. If you're a dental hygienist assistant, or if that is already the assistant, you're just a dental assistant. Yeah. If you're already one, don't wait for the reservoir to build up. Yeah. Cause then you're sitting there like, I wonder where she's going to take off. <laughs> yeah. Or then okay, you, when, you try to, when you're trying to swallow, don't wait for me to swallow, you know? Or you know what? Give me, let's say, pull my pant leg when you want me to suction. Something. You suck. Suck the spit. I'm just saying. Yeah. So I feel like if this gets published, it's going to get published. Me saying all that, I feel like I was being condescending towards dental hygienists and LVNs. I'm probably not going to end up with the dental hygienist or LVN. <laughs> you just ruined your chances, I just ruined boy. my chances. I just lowered the playing field. That was, wow. that was like, that's like 80% of the women. I just lowered it. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I'm single. Uh, as of January first, mm-hmm. um, the I was gonna say straight jacket will be off. <laughs> well, wow. I will be free. I'm just kidding. This well, isn't my dating that's app. From your own thing. Yeah, the year. Uh, you, thing. That's your own thing. It's yeah, not like you were tied down or something. You're single, right? Yeah. Would you use a dating app? Absolutely not. Why? Okay. Um, there's too many unknowns. And I know that a lot of women, and you, we see it on your lives all the time when you go live. I'm single, but I love it because I'm picky and no one. 
Um, so you have those, yeah. and then you have the ones that are just, I'll go for anything, you know. And I don't think we've reached a point in the world where it's impossible to meet someone organically. If if no. if you couldn't meet anybody organically and everybody was on online dating apps, okay, you know, you might find a good one. But to me, those are people on dating apps. Not everybody, but a lot of people on there are people who are too insecure to try to meet someone in person. Yeah. Someone that's too insecure to meet someone in person and talk to them. Already has too many walls up. It's it's already a no for me. I need somebody who's confident. Can't handle who confrontation. Can take, who can take the lead and who who can actually come up to me and try to woo me, I guess. Is that is that the right word? Sure. You know? Or just just win me over with conversation. Click. Yeah, just like click. click. I can't do the texting. Okay. What does your voice sound like? What are you actually saying to me? Even uh, Freddie and I, we we made a thing where we don't really text each other. Nope. Um, we we do get to see each other quite a bit, but if there's an if there's something, if there's a question, a serious question, or not, you know, anything, we try not to text about it because then we don't know what the other person is feeling because you can't tell over a. Yeah. Uh, text or a message or you know even if you put lol like okay are you being sarcastic or did i go on too long <laughs> when somebody goes on a, an app to me it's three different things that they don't like confrontation they don't like the small details or they just want sex that's that's to me that that's what I was is what to. it is yeah. can you find somebody that's going to be the love of your life sure if you get two introverts that really don't right. know how to do it or maybe yeah, because you know, I don't want to say nerds. That sounds kind of, but but those, the ones that conquered everything, but social interaction. Mm-hmm. Th- there's nerds making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and they're just <laughs> looking for a wife. Yeah, and they, they don't even, you know. So the, you can I find guess that those, works. But that's like a needle in the haystack. Th- that's what I'm saying. It's it's this. It's a small, to me, the the, the it's a small percentage of good in this huge just situation where it's just going to be let down after let down. Right. This is, this is why if you're serious, so let's just say you take away the sex part. Okay. If you're serious about finding a significant other that you want to be compatible with as far as let's just get married and live with, yeah, to be able to communicate and talk to the best way to do that is not, from a distant, superficial dating app where you can fabricate who you are and the only thing you learn to do is to talk yourself up. Yeah. A dating app ends up being about you. You create your profile and what can I say about me to get them to like me? And it goes both ways to where... And you're looking at two-dimensional photos. If you... if freaking Bridget at 31 Flavors drops her hair tie and you pick it up and you just spark it up and just start talking and you end up eating, you know, a banana split at the table. It ends up being about the, the situation and about the, the infatuation, the feelings, the just 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 organic, the click. You take away the click. Right. And then the problem with dating apps is that if you're in relationships that have failed, if you're in relationships 
that it got, there was a lot of arguing. More than likely, you're building these relationships, but you're also communicating with your phone. So if you're texting, you're texting negative things to girlfriend one, and then you break up with them, and then you go to girlfriend two, and then you're texting again. The relationship ends up being with your phone because you're looking at your screen. You're going to interpret the text messages either the way that the last person let you down or how your insecurities perceive them. That's how you're going to interpret your text messages. So your relationship with girlfriend number one is going to carry over to girlfriend number two because you're still having a relationship with your phone. That's why I don't think you should argue over the phone. I know. I'm not saying this because it's perfect. I did it a lot. And marriage number one, and I don't even want to get into marriage number two. That's crazy. And um, and then you get into girlfriend number three. And then each one, the, the common denominator in that, that can be a factor into your demise is your phone. You just have, and then you end up being this person who implodes a relationship. You're the self-destructive one because your interpretation of, of text messages when you build up a relationship over your phone. And also it makes it more awkward once you actually meet somebody. Yeah. Because they've probably barely even listened to your voice if you do allow, you know, phone calls, which a lot of people don't bother. They'd rather just text. And once you meet them, you're a little bit more awkward. So it's not like if you meet someone organically and you see you see someone's true self because they let's say you meet somebody at a restaurant or at a gathering or something and you just, like me, I just show up somewhere and I'm just being myself because I'm in my own element yeah. I'm with people I know or maybe I'm not, but I'm just going about my day as I normally would. And some, I catch someone's attention and I catch their attention by just being myself. I'm just walking into a room. Online dating takes that away. You're meeting what people want you to know about them. Yeah. You're knowing what people want you to see. The only parts of them that they like, the only angles of the pictures that they like. It's all fake. You know. It's not even that it's fake. It's one it's dimensional. A, it's, a, it's one you're dimensional. Looking, it's a tip of the iceberg. It's a ten percent of the top of the you're iceberg. You're looking at a screen. You're looking at and um, the shiny you know, side of the coin. Maybe some guy doesn't like how my profile looks because I got a double chin or something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and um, it's just it just leaves more space for that. But usually. Um, or what I've what I've known of online dating because I've never done it. Just I've heard I've I've lived vicariously through other people yeah, <laughs> that have told me about it, and um, usually they're the the person on the other end is very picky. Yep, they're as picky as the person that is telling you that that person is picky. So they're so picky they haven't been able to find anybody because they can find a flaw in every single person. Mm-hmm. And then they find somebody and they're like, oh, he's picky, you know. Then they meet and then it just doesn't click. And that just happens over and over. And it just leaves a person feeling like, wow, does no one want me? But it's not the case. It's just you're looking in the wrong Self places. Self-destruction. <laughs> Self-destruction. Yeah. So moral of the story, go to Target, hang on the card aisle. No, you just know? live about your day. Okay, There's so many fellas, people out there. The 2% of guys that listen to this, hang on the card aisle. <laughs> For about two hours and act like you're looking for a card for grandma. Eventually, somebody's going to ask you, you know, 
Sorry. <laughs> you know, reach and touch the card whenever a, a female's looking at you and they're going to be like, oh, he's buying a card for his grandma. <laughs> And then just start the conversation like that. So, you're welcome. If you get married because of a card to gra- for grandma, you're welcome. Yeah. And I mean, people say it's hard to meet people. It's not. I'm totally joking. Yeah, he's joking. Yeah. J- just just meet people. Just talk. Yeah, it's easy just to talk. meet people. I'm an introvert and extrovert. It's all of the above and I get it. But yeah. for time's sake, we're going to move along. Um, We're going to just g- go into it. Second half is just going to be mostly about Jesus and Mama. Okay. Okay, before we dive completely into Mama, we do have to reference this. Noemi and I and her daughter went to Monterey on Friday. So nice. Okay, we'll go to Monterey. We ended up being there for the Christmas tree lighting, which was epic. And Santa went on Instagram live. And then I typed into Santa say, hey, say Merry Christmas to what the derf and uh, Noemi's daughter. And he yeah. did. And it blew her mind. <gasps> How did he know? <laughs> and it um, was epic. For reference, my daughter is six years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's six she years old. She does at this point fully believe in Santa. Yep. Me and her daddy have made sure that she believes in Santa. We bake the cookies. Santa eats them that night, a.k.a. mom. I write her a letter from Santa also every every Christmas Eve. And then um, it's usually out there for her with the present under the tree. And uh, we usually leave a carrot, too. And the carrot is like full. E- e- Eaten, yeah. Oh, it's eaten on the next day for the for the reindeer, you know. So we oh, the carrot for the reindeer. I get it. Yeah, because yeah. reindeers love carrots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Santa takes the. <laughs> so she fully believes in Santa, and so Freddie, quick, quick thinking. Yeah. Because he, they were about to finish the live on Instagram, and, and I was said, just like, "Let me go on the live." And to my daughter, we won't say my daughter's her. name, yeah, but give a shout out to her daughter. Yeah, and he did said merry christmas and but you know, he did it was say the cutest thing. santa said what the derf and then when he said that i got just as juice as her daughter because i was like all of monterey heard what the derf yeah and i said Whoa! he yelled really loud and really no, loud no one was cheering no one was cheering it's no just... one bothered to look at him <laughs> they said let's just, just pretend me. it didn't happen <laughs> let's, let's just poor guy you know so so that was epic and and you know, we're eating good food, so nice. we go through the, the, so nice. the maze or whatever, and it was all spur of the moment. It was just a just say yes, just say yes, just say yes, and it all just all worked out and and just good goodness. However, I did uh, the whole purpose of why we went is because I wanted to go fishing off of the pier. That's all he wanted. I wanted to go fishing. fishing and I wanted to catch a shark. I, not a shark, rock cod, whatever. I wanted to catch something. So I'm there. I throw my pole in the water. We're there for like four hours. And I throw my pole in the water. After about two and a half hours, we're there total four hours, but after two and a half hours, you know, I'm vibing. I'm I'm not discouraged. I don't care if I don't catch anything. I'm there for the vibes, four-day weekend vibes. And if I don't catch anything, I caught good times. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> good times. I caught good times. <laughs> However, I'm sitting there. The, the day's perfect. <laughs> the the water's kind of still. There's a little bit of leaves. Everybody's fishing on the pier. People are smiling. People have coats, but it's about 65 degrees in Monterey, 70 degrees. The weather was nice. 
There was a lot of people at the little beach next to the pier right there. There was, there was people on, on boats and tours and whale watching. And there's Fred fishing on this beautiful Monterey Day where you can smell the crispness of on, the beautiful Monterey Bay. On the, what are they called? National Guard Pier. The National Guard Pier. They're so nice. Not one person was frowning. Not even this little face who didn't even catch a fish yet. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, my pole just goes whack, whack, whack. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> I got a fish, you know? Because <laughs> so the, the current's so coming dumb. in. The current's coming in. So the, the pole is going to kind of bob with the current. And you know when you got a fish because it's going to go whack, whack, whack. So I'm sitting there just. <laughs> I'm sitting there. He I, looks at me like, get the camera. I don't, <laughs> get the camera ready. Like Devon Dudley would say, Devon, get the tables. Yeah. Very few will get that reference. If you don't get it, we're moving on. This WWF, not WWE. It's partly WWE, but it's a Devon. It's the Dudley boys in WWF and WWE. Moving on. So I, the pole goes whack, whack, whack. And I get it. And my drag's a little loose. If you don't know what a drag is, it's a little knob on the reel. And you turn it to let the, the line go out. If it, a fish is going to pull it to keep the line from getting tight. And then you tighten it if you want to reel in the fish. So the drag's a little loose. And it just... And I'm reeling it in, reeling it in. And I'm just like, it's a big one. It's like reeling it in. He looked at me like five different times. And he goes, it's a big one. <laughs> It's a big one, and I was getting so excited with him, and Dude, I take out my camera. It's hooked onto something. Take out it wasn't my phone. Weeds. It was weeds. What happens when I what, hap- what happened when I turn so my camera around? Turn the camera around, and I, and I hit in. record. And she's recording, and I really get in. My heart's my heart's like that. I hope you can hear that. It's all beating all crazy. I'm like, it's a freaking shark. I got a 30 pound test. It's going to snap. If I have to dive in and wrestle this thing to pull it to shore, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I don't even care. That's how excited I was. Wow. I'm catching this fish. Yeah. I will lose a maybe a pinky over it. I don't care. Wow. I would if it meant getting a fish and bringing it in like that. Yeah. Pinky. Maybe a ring finger. Possibly this ring finger. Because that hasn't done me any good on my left hand. Oh, best my. You're dumb. <laughs> and then bubbles come up right where the line is. And I'm like. What kind of fish is it? We're going to see it. We're going to see it. I don't even care if it's a turtle. You know, like just, <laughs> we're just pulling it in. And this lady in Scooby gear, she takes her, her oxygen thing out of her mouth. And she comes up and she goes, stop. Stop. Freddie cut a girl. <laughs> He caught a girl. Uh, technically, he caught a guy. Yeah. It was her friend. She, she goes, Stop! You hooked my friend! And then all of a sudden, you just hear this. <laughs> and then I look at Noemi because she tells me to stop. So not only did I not catch a fish and I caught a person, I had to stand there for 10 minutes with my rod in my hand waiting for them to take the hook out of that person's no. whatever they caught. And you know how when people get embarrassed, but they have to stand in front of everybody watching them? <laughs> he put his elbow on the pier and then kind of put his hand over his head, <laughs> over his eyes a little bit. And he kept looking at me. I was recording because I took out my phone. I was like, uh, oh. <laughs> I, I started her. recording again and I said, Freddie caught a girl. <laughs> I look at her and she's freaking laughing, dude. And I'm just, I'm just, 
so excited. And then, so the whole weekend, okay, if you work full time, you get a four day weekend, nothing's ruining your mood. All right, you need to establish that beforehand. What did we do after that? Hang loose, threw up the hang loose side, four day weekend vibes, baby. We were Four saying, day we said, how long did we, how many times did we say that this at, weekend? At least a hundred. It was crazy, yeah, right? Even Our, my daughter was saying it. Maybe even more. It was, uh, it, so the whole <laughs> thing was four day weekend, nothing's ruining our vibe. If somebody cuts us off, hang loose. If somebody kind of like, cu- cu- like steps in front of us or isn't walking too fast or bumps you, hang loose. Four day weekend vibes, nothing's ruining it. So she's looking at me laughing. I thought I caught a blue whale and I pull up a person. I'm waiting there 10 minutes and she comes up to me and she goes like, are you okay? Because she knows that I was disappointed a little bit. But I threw that hang loose sign up and I said, I caught a person. How many people can see? No, I said that because I came and I patted you on the back and you were like, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. Who, who, who's, who swims this close to the pier? There's everybody swimming, stupid girl, and guy. That's what you said. I was like, yeah, you're right, you're right. I'm like, hey, lots of people catch, catch fish when they're fishing. How many people could say they caught a whole person though <laughs> yeah. so i was How hyping i was vote? i was hyping him up and i said freddie people hang loose hang loose baby four day weekend vibes and that is the story see things like this happen to me hey fred you got lost hey fred you're looking up steven's goal at the bank hey fred the bird story hey fred the little people at the, the catering company hey fred the runway show if you don't know those references that's because this is the first episode you're listening to and you didn't listen to any of the other episodes before you clicked onto this one which is okay because the quality content of this episode is a lot better than the beginning episode beginning 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 that's all folks <laughs> than the beginning episodes and that's okay you can go like listen to this one judge us based off this one and then backtrack and be like oh the quality content is not good but they've got they've got a lot better since, since these first episodes the quality, the content's there. The content's there and legit. Content is there, yeah. Also, the first few episodes we recorded multiple times. So we had heard the stories. We Every Ugh. time was different. Every time was different. Yep. But, I we mean, I know it. we're not talking about this right now, but no. now we record once. So all the storytelling, the things we add... They're all organic. Organic. Completely 100% organic. Because we don't re-record anymore. We haven't and, done it since yeah. episode three. Yeah. Crazy. And we just found a flow. We found a flow. That worked. Like this story right here is fresh, but stuff like this happens <laughs> just happened to me, a couple man. days ago. Stuff like this happens to me. It's crazy. Yeah. I how just, many people catch a person? And how cool is it that I looked I was up at God and I was like, I looked up at God. I was like, God, I know you didn't, I, like, you, I know you didn't literally mean be fishermen of men. You know what I'm saying? If you literally meant but that, that's then how, that's my gateway to he- that's my token to heaven. I just caught a person. That's how much of an overachiever he is. I'm an overachiever. Right. Okay, so so. Good weekend. Good, good weekend. Good weekend. We and had said, good breakfast too. I said we're gonna get into um, after after church yesterday. We had some good breakfast too, or lunch or whatever. It yeah. was just a good whole entire weekend. Yeah, brunch. We'll call it brunch. Yeah, brunch. It wasn't breakfast. It was brunch. <laughs> whatever, because we had burgers. Yeah, that's true. But um, you know, it was just a good weekend, good vibes, and and I was anticipating the anticipation for recording this episode was there. It's been there for two weeks, and dedicating it to my mom. So the verse of the day is going to be the verse of the day. We're not really going to talk about the verse of the day. Um, I'm going to get into a little bit of detail about my mom, especially on the day that it happened. 
Um, no, because people always want to know. People are always scared to ask, you know, what happened. So they just say, you know, thoughts and prayers. And they go to ask somebody else, do you know what happened to so-and-so's mm. friend? Because no one ever wants to act, ask directly. Right. But I tell this just so you know, if anybody out there is dealing with trauma or a, a loss of a loved one or things that they've seen, I mean, you're not alone. And if I can get through it, then you can get through it just straight up. Yeah. There's no, there's no simpler way of putting that. And if I can get through it, you can get through it. So it might get a little down. So the next three seconds, you could turn it off if you'd like. Three, two, one. My mom died September 13, 2005. So I was 17 years old. My mom, she was, um, she was the rock. She was the glue of the family. She's a superhero in herself. It's crazy. She did everything. I think I mentioned last episode where my mom sent us to different schools. Yes. Um, to schools that we weren't supposed to go to because she wanted to get us further away from the ghetto. It was a not so ghetto compared to the ghetto. It was still kind of ghetto. And she did. And she was always keeping her kids involved because she saw what can happen if kids get into gangs. So mm. Me and my brother were involved. Um, my brother found his passion right now, which is Muay Thai. And he's pretty good at it. I think if he got into it sooner, he could have went places. But he's 30 years old. And as far as like a professional career, you know, 30, that, that's, that's in sports, 30 is old. Right. You know? I'm not yeah. dissing my brother. I think he would agree. You know, and I'm, he's, he's, he can kick my butt. I know he, he should be able to kick my butt if he does it every day. So my mom kept us involved. My brother, too. But it was funny because my brother wasn't good at sports like I was. I can humbly say that I was good at sports. I was good at everything I did. Naturally good at everything. I was a natural athlete. My brother, not so much. He still played all the sports, but it was total opposite side of the spectrum. You know, my right. brother was more the heart or, or you know, j- just the, the not so talented player. And right. me growing up, I did gymnastics. I played baseball. Really? I didn't I, know you did yeah, gymnastics. Yeah, football. I wrestled, track. Mm-hmm. Cross country, I did hurdles and track, and it carried on. Wow. I did did jujitsu for a little bit, and I like competing, but it, it was just too too many injuries. I have a construction mm-hmm. physical job. Yeah, my knee still hurts from a jujitsu incident that happened three years ago. Oh, you know, wow. yeah. But my mom kept us involved. She kept us involved, and she was always our biggest fan. She was always at the games. She was the cheer mom. She was the baseball mom. She kept my sister involved in cheer. My sister was nine years old when my mom died. My brother was 14. And uh, Oh, your sister was nine. That's rough. You know, my dad was working. My dad, I don't know if he knows how blessed he is because he always had a job, always had a good job. Crazy. He worked for Frito-Lay for a little bit, got oh. fired. And then he ended up working for Pac Bell, which turned into SBC, which turned into AT&T. And he's a splicer. Doesn't have a, a college degree and is making good money. It's crazy. And he, he was, we've always been blessed. And my mom would work two, three jobs to kind of like supplement the pay, the extra pay. We were living in my grandma's house and in San Jose. And so even like that, it was, it was rough. Yeah. W- 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 before I was 11 years old, we were pretty poor. Okay. Um, we didn't know it. And honestly, kids don't care about money. They don't care about money until you teach them to care about money. It's crazy. I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah. You know, the dad, your dad can be, your dad can be working at McDonald's and all you care is that your dad is off of work if you're like four or five years old. Right. So 
after I was 11, 12, and then I started working when I was 15, got to save my money and did all that. That's kind of when we got a little bit of money just to be comfortable, comfortable. But um, my mom was the glue. My dad, not so much emotionally there because he has a lot of baggage, had or has a lot of baggage that he had to deal with and filter out. And, um, you know, he was a provider. And my dad did all that he knew how to do. Uh, just straight up. He did all he knew how to do. His dad, my grandpa was a... a you know, ex drug addict, and he ever ended up dying over OD. Is abusive, and yeah. my dad was a product of that. Mm. And he's got three healthy kids. That me, my brother, and my sister, even with our trauma and emotional issues, that are yeah. in emotional obstacles, we'll call them not issues. Um, none of us are addicts or gang members. Never made any you know wrong bad decisions or very bad decisions, but. I'm kind of giving you the foundation of my childhood and my mom. She was always there. The crazy thing is that I don't remember my mom talking too much. I remember her yelling a lot, a lot at me and my brother. It <laughs> yeah, was just noise. She had two boys. Yeah. But as far as like opening up and being emotionally available, I don't, I don't really recall that. I would make her tell me she loved me, hmm. you know, and. What do you mean that you would make her? I would, she'd be washing dishes and I would tell her mom, tell me you love me. Tell me you love me. And then she'd finally say it. And one time she even punched me in the stomach. I was a, at this point, I was 16, rock solid. So she, <laughs> she knew I can take a punch. She was messing around with me. Yeah. That was how she, she said, I love okay. you, then punched so me in the stomach. So she didn't let herself like feel too much. No. Or it was show, hard. She, she grew up. Feeling. There was six siblings. Mm -hmm. um, one, two, three, four brothers and one sister. So she was the sixth sibling. Oh, all brothers. Yeah. Oh, and uh, so she she grew up a tough girl. And then my grandpa, um, I don't necessarily think he would qualify as an alcoholic. He drank though, mm. you know, he drank a lot. Okay. And and my grandma's awesome. My grandma, I do want to get her on here. She's one of the guests that I do want to get on here. I mean, <laughs> she's, she's very she's, cute. She I've just met turned her one time. She just turned eighty one years old. She's okay. Very cute. It's very apparent that she's getting to the you know she's getting towards the end. You know what I'm saying? And hopefully it's another 25 years. But I would love her to be able to leave her legacy and digital footprint on recording on just some wisdom because we're going to learn as much. See, the thing about us, we're all self-centered and we think that the, the learning curve is just on what's around us and, and, and people that like the same things as us, you know. But we get the most out of watching people way younger than us and people way older than us. We look back, we look at the kids and you find something to work harder for. And then you look at people that are peers and you look, you find something to work harder toward, toward. You know what I'm saying? It's pulling you in the right direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, technically, that's Tom Hardy. No, technically. no, not at all. It's a casual Tom Hardy. <laughs> so, that, that's kind of my childhood. There's so much that happened. A lot of my childhood was sports. That's how I associate a lot of my childhood. I was in sports since I was four years old. And I was in sports, which I actually went through therapy for like three years. And a lot of it was just like all I knew how to do was perform. It's crazy. And I didn't know how to really take good criticism. It was always when you're getting mediocre coaches, a lot of them are just telling you what you're doing wrong, you know. So yeah. it wasn't top of the, the top of the shelf coaches and ESSJ. So good childhood. 
Um, my mom, I was going to go to college. I was getting ready to go to junior college at De Anza College. Just graduated high school. Brother was a freshman. Sister was in third grade, fourth grade. And I had a job at Eastridge that was lined up. I mean, right out of high school, my mom said, go get a job at the mall. I got a job at the mall. It was just like, it, I said, I, I need a ride. She goes, you're going to be taking the bus to get to go to, to work. Take the bus. So I had to go, I took the bus and went to Eastridge to go look for a job. And I came back. I did that for like a week and came back with a job. Nice. And I don't, I don't see, that's what I did. You know what I'm saying? I was, I've been working since I was 15. And then our parents would be like, I was working in the fields and picking cotton with, with uh, your grandpa in the morning, wake us up at four in the morning. And that's how we did it. You know? So that, maybe that kind of carried over into me. Yeah. But I don't see kids in this generation being able to just do that, to go take a bus somewhere and find a job, mm-hmm. you know? A when lot I was, of jobs also now require, like, I don't care what they driver's require. Driver's license. I don't care what they require. I was riding my bike to work when I was 18, 19, living in Los Banos. I was riding my bike to, I didn't have a car. I rode my bike to Starbucks. And then I was kind of feeling out if I wanted to go to junior college. I rode my bike on 152 to the JC for a semester. No, what I'm saying is when you apply to a job, they make sure you have a driver's license and a and If a, you want a, a job, you'll get it. If you want a job, you'll get it just straight up. Yeah. Just straight up. Um, and if you apply yourself. I, I don't, I, I can't have empathy for it. If you I'm start not to have, having empathy. I'm that's just telling me. you that this that's is. like a trigger for me, man. I know. You're like attacking me. I'm not attacking you. I'm attacking laziness. No, I'm not saying anything about how kids should be or shouldn't be. I'm just telling you that the requirements are different now. Even age, that I don't think anybody hires uh, kids that are 15. Fun fact. The requirement for me to get the job that I have was concrete experience. All right? I worked for the Cement Mason Union for about a year and a half and never touched concrete, but it was on my resume that I worked for the local 400. So when I applied for the job that I work at right now, you know, must have knowledge of concrete. And I said, yup. And I didn't. And I just said, I need this job. I'll figure it out. I'm just saying that's kind of the mentality that I have. Yeah. So the requirement was I needed to learn no concrete. And now I know concrete now. I'm doing a job right now. And I'm the guy, you know. So... I have a job. I'm getting ready to go to college and I feel like we have our whole lives ahead of us. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like when my mom died, my family can finally breathe because she was working two jobs. My dad was probably getting towards topped out. My grandma probably never raised the rent on us. We were probably getting to a point where we can breathe, you know, crazy. They didn't have any car payment because they had cars handed down to them. My mom and dad. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at it financially, I, I think they were getting to a point where they're going to be set. Freddie's working. You know, he's going to go to school. All that good stuff. So we wake up one. Oh, man. I think it was a Tuesday, September 13th. I wake up in the morning and my mom wakes me up. I'm taking your brother to school. Watch your sister. So... I say, okay, you know, and I wasn't easy waking up. I still don't wake up easy, easily, you know, watch your sister. So my sister's eating cereal and I remember my mom peeks her head 
through our heavy wooden door at that house in ESSJ. It's the house that my grandma had bought for 25000 It's now worth like 650000 And um, she said, I'll be right back. And those are the last words that my mom said to me. So her and my brother, they drive. She's taking my brother to school. And I get a phone call two minutes later. Two minutes. You know, and it was just my brother. And I hear, I hear pain. And he just says, Freddie, mom, but not with that emphasis. It was, it was almost like he said words without, without breathing a breath. Try to talk without using breath. You know what I'm saying? It's impossible for every word you got to go one and you're breathing out. It was almost like his words had no breath in it. Forced. Mm. Like he said words at the very end of a breath. Mm. It's all he said. All he said. And I just knew. I knew it was bad. And I look at Isabel and she looks at me because she sees my face just turn white. I know it's what it was. And I look at her, it was just me and her. And I look at her and I just say, Isabel, eat your cereal. I'm going to lock the door. Do not open it for anybody except for me. And she was nine years old at the time. She was okay. And I said, I got to go. Yeah. So I was in white t-shirts and in blue shorts. I didn't bother putting socks or shoes on because it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I ran out the door and I just ran down the street. There's one direction that she goes to go take my brother to school. You go down Adrian and it dead ends at Ocala and you make a left on Ocala. Or not Ocala. Yeah, Ocala. And, uh, I was like, okay, I'm just going to run. So I ran. I, I ran. I didn't slow down. It must have been half mile. I don't, remember, I don't even remember breathing hard. I don't even remember breathing, period. I ran barefoot. And about three quarters of the way there, you can see the accident. And she got T-boned. She got T-boned. And it was... My brother's outside of the car and uh, people are with him and there's glass everywhere on the floor. My mom's still inside the car and a crazy thing that I still don't get to this day, I don't get it, is that I was legit walking on glass, barefoot. I was walking on glass. That is not a lie. I'm not saying this to sound cool or to force anything spiritual or, or subliminal. I was walking on glass. There's glass all over the place on asphalt. I didn't cut my feet. That was weird. And it was, there was glass spread out to where the pressure would be evened out on the bottom of your foot, just like a bed of nails when somebody lays down. So I understand that. But there's also loose shards everywhere that I was stepping on. I was, just, I was stepping on everything and I didn't cut my feet. That always blows my mind. That's a, that is a, a memory that is stuck in my brain. I think I didn't cut my feet and I see her and you just know, you just know, you, you, you just know and you don't cry. You don't cry. Cause 
it just doesn't seem real. I knew she was dead. You have hope, but you just know. It was caved in on that side. My brother's crying. Cop gets there within a minute after I do. Ambulance gets there. My brother's sitting on the side. He's still bawling. I don't know why he can cry, but I couldn't cry. Like it just, I don't know. Maybe because he was in the accident. I don't get it. I got to see that, see him. And I remember thinking when they cut my brother's jeans, I was like, those are his LRGs. He's going to be mad. I remember thinking that. It just didn't make sense. You don't think rational thoughts. And they get the jaws of life. They're taking my mom out. I see a cop. I see a cop. And I, if I knew how to draw, I'd be able to draw him. I could still see his face. I could still see his face because I see the dread in his eyes being at the scene. Almost like he had a wife and kid at home. And he sees us. And he had a cop mustache and everything. And they get the jaws of life. Excuse me. Take my mom out of the car. Put her down on the ground. They start cutting her blouse open. Checking for a pulse. Nothing. And they put her in the uh, the ambulance and they take her away. My dad's at work. My dad's at work and I walk back home. And I call my girlfriend at the time. And she didn't, she was fully supportive. Me and that girlfriend, my quote unquote high school sweetheart, if you will, it was, it was, it was just that. It was emotionally immature relationship. But no one has been there for me in a way that she was when my mom died. Because Maybe it's because of what, what I needed or what I expected or whatnot, but it was just, it just dropped everything. And I, she came and picked me up. My sister stayed with the neighbor for me to go to the hospital. And I knew it was a big deal because her parents are, were strict. So when she was at my house, that meant she didn't care what her parents said. And to me at that moment, in the emotionally immature stage of my life that meant the world that you disregarded everything. And I said, this is crazy. So I was going to church at this time. She's the one that got me into church. Hmm. So the Freddie, if, if you're listening from church, the church that I go to right now, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. Um, I don't include divorce into that. That wasn't a mistake. That is my timeline, not a mistake. I've made a lot of mistakes by choice in my life. But one of them was not dating her. Because the Freddy that we see now, the youth leader or pulse surf team, um, the Freddy on the worship team, the one who is willing to say yes, who's getting better with his tides, who shows up, and and the Freddy that you see is because she invited me to church. 
Because she said, I'm not dating you unless you come to church. Hmm. So regardless of how that relationship turned out, which it was going to end eventually because we weren't good for each other, she still got me into church. So much so, and I believed so much so, that when my mom was on on her way to the hospital and she says, which hospital? And I said, I don't know yet. And I found out later, I went to call my dad, but can you take me to the church? At this point, I was only in church by my own decision, not because my mom took me or dragged me. I was in church for eight months at this point by my own decision, the duration of our relationship. And I said, take me to church. And I go to the altar at church and my mom's about to, my mom's dead. And I go on my hands and my knees at the altar and I say, just let your will be done. I trust you. I said, I want my mom, but just let your will be done. I was 17 years old at the time. And if someone, so, so, so people, people, they, they talk and play church. And I'm not referring to anybody that's close to me. I'm generalizing it. People talk and play church and, and speak with authority and power. Once again, generalizing, not talking about anybody at our church. There's power and authority and rah, rah, this and rah, rah, that. But if you're put to the test, how does your faith look like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? That's, that's the true thing. God says, murder, murder, uh, sacrifice your kid or tells Jesus, give up your, your life or tells David or like kind of puts the faith, gives David the confidence and his faith to say, I'm going to take down the Goliath. When you're put to the test, what does it look like at that moment? I did what I don't think many can do. I said, let your will be done. At 17 years old. So emotionally, I'm just now figuring it out. Spiritually, I don't think I even know the strength of my own spirit. It constantly gets put to the test. My mom died. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. Aloneness. The, I have the least amount now than I've ever had in my life. I just moved. I, the divorce, we were in a nice house in Los Banos. Like a house people retire in. And we can afford it. But my ex's in-laws put the money down on that. So I didn't want any part of it. Because it wasn't mine. That's not how my brain works. That wouldn't happen without them. So I don't, I don't even, not even a thought to go for half, which by California you can. Put to the test. If if you want, if you're if you're sitting there trying to figure out how to get out of a situation, find people that have been put through the test. Because there, there's a lot of things that I can, I'm guilty of. There's a lot of things that I've been held accountable of. But what people don't know and won't ever know, because your spiritual journey and your faith, the test of your strength, isn't for anybody else to comprehend, comprehend or fathom. It's for you. And my journey? Holy crap. 
b- people think that they have the balls to be a Christian. <laughs> Go through what I went through. <laughs> Go through what I went through. Hmm. There's some people that go through what I've been through and end up so isolated and devoid and callous to where they kind of just everything just if I can't figure it out, I'm just going to just keep my mind busy or focus on me or still please me or start start being lustful towards the things of the earth. And lust isn't just me. Lust isn't um, sex. Lust is anything that you put before God. Mm hmm. So it might look like you have it all together, but for someone to say, hey, God, let your will be done at 17. And I remember I was sitting in that church. This is going to be a longer episode than normally. I'm sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. It'd be like an hour 20. <clears throat> so I'm sitting in the church. It's pitch black, but the doors are always open. You kind of know where the, the altar is. The doors open, people go in to pray. I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was, but I prayed that prayer and somebody came, put their hands on me and they prayed. It didn't sound like anybody I knew from the church. I'm not saying that, you know, it was spiritual or anything. I'm just saying I didn't know who it was. It didn't sound like anybody I knew. Put their hands on my shoulders and prayed for me. And I can only imagine what they heard because it was just this broken teenager at the altar on a Tuesday morning at 8 o'clock in the morning. What's he doing here? And they prayed for me. And I, it, I, whoever it was, I felt them. I felt them. It was so weird. And that was probably my first instant of feeling people. Feeling, the the gift of feeling. It's crazy. And, and you notice it. And if you want to get, if you want to make sense of things, maybe it's a facial gesture that my brain can, can comprehend or read or whatever it is. But it is the, the spiritual vibes that people put out. And for whatever reason, I can interpret them in a way that I don't even have control of. Crazy. And right there, I felt that person. Felt him. I notice change. I know when somebody's not right. I know when somebody's pregnant. Four weeks into a pregnancy, Ruth, Noemi's like, uh, Noemi's sister, I'm just like, what's pretty much like, what's wrong with you? You know, that, that's how I feel like I can talk to her. She's like a sister to me. What's wrong with you? I know something's wrong. I'm not stupid. I could feel it. I can feel it. Freddie, explain it. I can't. I can feel it. I can feel when somebody's full of anger. I can feel when somebody's a liar. I can feel when somebody is full of lust. I, I, I can feel it. I can feel when somebody has a, a dream or has potential. I can feel it. I don't, I don't know why. And I don't speak on it because most of the time because maybe I don't even believe it. But then when I do, it ends up getting confirmed like the one dude I prayed for his head and his mind and his brain. I literally prayed for his brain and he it comes out like five minutes after we're all done praying and the dude I prayed for never met in my life and for some reason I felt to pray for his brain just got out of a coma. Crazy. Like that stuff's crazy. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but that's that's what I go through. So I felt this person. I felt this person. 
I've been I've been to an altar call before for whatever reason when I was 17 because I stayed so close to God that even my brother crazy I don't know where his spiritual spirituality is right now but even my brother he fell to the ground and he goes dude I had to talk to him after and he's like dude all these people just touching me and it's all crazy but then this one person put their hand on my chest and it just felt like fire like it was hot and I just fell back and it was me we got so in tune with it. It was crazy. And that, that service, five people that I touched, including my brother, just fell over. I don't I don't know. They didn't their eyes weren't open. And I just touched them. I didn't even say anything. I didn't even say anything. I didn't even say anything. And if anybody's skeptical, I have no reason to lie. If you know me, I don't lie. I don't talk about this stuff sometimes because some people just don't most people don't receive it. They don't. This is a Christian podcast. This is, this is not a Christian podcast. It's a Christian doing a podcast, but I'm pretty, pretty Christian. I'm pretty, I, pretty, I strive for Christ like this. I strive for it. And I fail often. And most of us do. Yeah. I get back in the car, go to the hospital, get to the hotel lobby. Dad comes out. Hospital. Hospital lobby. Dad comes out. And this moment right here, because I knew she was dead. My dad says, she didn't make it, but I didn't hear the didn't. I heard gonna. She's gonna make it. So this, this teenager Knowing his mom's dead. And then dad, I misinterpreted my dad. He says, she's going to make it all the way to the opposite side. Thinking, how is it? What? And I said, she is? He says, no. She didn't make it. And I fell to the ground. Fell to the ground. And I punched the tile ground as hard as I could. And it didn't even hurt multiple times. Didn't even hurt. Went to go see my mom's dead body. She didn't even look tore up. She had a cut on her head. And anybody who ever wants to judge me, anybody that ever wants to judge me, nitpick or not accept the energy that I give off because I don't have a filter 17 years old laying next to his dead mom with no clue what the hell he wants to do with his life two divorces kind of makes more sense now trying to fill a void not a bad person and I feel like I'm turning it into like, like I'm defending myself, not defending myself. I'm just talking. Whatever's coming out is just coming out. That's what it is. I cry. Then we go tell my sister. That was the hardest part. Then we tell my brother. And that's pain. It's pain. And when all you know is pain and you can still smile. There's power in that. 
So much power in that. Why did I tell that? One, because some people just need to know. They need to know the deets. And two, because if you think you've gone through hell, sure, you might have. But any excuse that you make to give in to temptation or give in to the dark side, to give in to just giving up and doing it yourself, taking, taking on the yoke of the world, any excuse that you make is just is lie to yourself. And it's just that. It's just an excuse. Excuses are weak. And if you make excuses, you are weak. Is it harsh? Sure. But it's true. Don't make excuses. Don't know everything. There's a saying that when you know little, you will learn much. Don't know everything. Don't talk down ideas. When somebody brings off an energy or a, a liking that they have that you're not familiar with, learn it. Somebody at church says, I love trains. Then go Google trains the next day and start a conversation the day after that. Learn it. Okay? You don't always have to give off your energy. You give off your energy and amounts that are healthy for you. But it is a key, giving is a key, is a principle. So give love, give fellowship, mentorship, and don't make excuses. Yeah. That's my hurt. That's my pain. And, and that's that. I don't visit my mom's grave. I talk to her every now and then. But I don't consistently try to mourn her. I celebrate her life. I celebrate it. And I try to, to be the best that I can be. To stop, to never stop like taking chances or risks or learning something new. I'm just going with it. A lot of weird things have happened to me, but that's because I dared to be out there. You know, some stuff is incidental, like catching a person, but it ends up happening to me. Yeah. I don't know. But mom, I love you. I miss you. And it hurts my heart that after this year in 2022 I will have remembered you for longer than I've known you and that hurts my heart but I promise you that it will never be about money I promise you that I will never <laughs> give up or stop trying promise you I will never stop being me. I promise you I will never stop smiling. And I promise you that I will never stop using my gifts. I love you. And I hope to see you again one day in any way, shape, or form. 
And you did a good job. And I feel like everybody's tired of hearing Noemi mouth breathe on the mic because she's holding back tears. Yeah. But uh, I had to dedicate an episode to my mom because I don't care about fame. I don't. I think me and you are the perfect people for this because we don't care about what people say. Huh? Yeah. Like on TikTok and stuff, I don't care. I'll post whatever. If somebody, somebody says some. Like, I have like one or two physical insecurities you say about my body, but I'm not gonna say them because then I'll give you the ammunition to use them. Yeah. But for the most part, I'll put myself out there, and if people want to hate or whatever, I'm just like whatever. I don't even comment on the stuff on TikTok really. And then we have this podcast, and it's very hard to put yourself out there. But in the end, I feel like we don't lose any sleep at night for people that like or dislike. The podcast is what it is. That's true. You know? Yeah. 10%, 90% of the people that listen to this podcast, we don't even know. And I think in our immediate surroundings, me and you combined with social media and everything, we probably know like 3,000 people, you know? Yeah. No one supports us. (laughs) But that's okay. Yeah. Because honestly, it's kind of weird to listen to somebody else kind of venture off and do something for things being that it's unrecognizable and some people just don't like seeing other people try putting themselves out there because it kind of just like wait i'm in my bubble and people are trying new things let me stay in my bubble and keep playing beer pong at 35 years old and getting party (laughs) buses and stuff grow up yeah grow up oh there's some people that like a handful of people that we know that do support us no yeah i'm just saying that that wasn't for anybody in particular and i'm not doubting it i'm not dissing it Cause it, it, you know, that's that's just that's just it is what it is. It, that's how it is. You know, I didn't listen to my own brother's podcast until like six months into it because it was hard for me to listen to it. So I get where it is. I'm just saying, me and Noemi are the perfect people to not even care about that. You know, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Um, I hope nobody cried. You know, because Noemi's crying, and. uh I know, Eric, you're probably listening to this on the way home because you ran out of time because this is a longer episode. And, uh, yeah. Anything you want to say? No. No? Just, (laughs) yeah, you just took me down a roller coaster of emotions. (laughs) And I didn't even know your mom, but. Yeah. I, yeah. I would have loved to have met the woman who raised Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll end it with this. This is a quote that's been in my heart in the past few days. A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And yeah, I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, Freddie and Noemi out. Bye. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 13 of the What the Derf Show. This is a very fun time because Noemi is in tears because of the episode because of what we dive into. And what we get into is uh, we talk about Thanksgiving a little bit, and then we talk about relationships, actually just my relationships and my um, marriage triggers and all that good stuff. I I don't like it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 13 of the What the Derf Show. I'm Freddie, and she's Noemi. Hi. And... (laughs) 
just... <laughs> Hold on. We're going to redo this You're right dark. now. You're dark. You're going to hear the boop because she's crying over the episode. Ugh. So here it is. One, two, three. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the What the Derf Show. This is episode number 13. I'm Freddie. I said it wrong. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the What the Derf Show. This is episode number 13. I'm Fred, and she is... Noemi. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you staring at me? Because what are you doing? Because I'm looking at this thing. And? And it's just hanging around, but it's... It's for the light. I didn't know. Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the What the Derf Show. This is episode number 13. I'm Freddie, and this is... Noemi. And we're here. We're, we were off for a week, and now we're back. In this episode, we get into what happened on Thanksgiving. We get into why we're off for a week and, you know, Thanksgiving. That's really not that much to explain. And then we get <laughs> into... Just it. Yeah, there we go. I mean, you can just turn off the episode right now. Just kidding. Listen to the whole thing. Don't click off halfway. And then um, it ruins our ratings. And then we get into... <laughs> and then we get into the, uh, my marriage... Um, triggers or flashbacks, I think I call them. Uh, we also get into a trip that we took to Monterey and some fishing and an incident that happened over there. That was pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and this. You'll. Wait. <laughs> so sorry. I was going to say, and you'll, you'll find out why I'm sniffling. <laughs> Gosh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 